This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, I find that it is um, freeing to admit when you've been a bad mom. And that's what we're doing with the Bad Mom Club here on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. We are Everything Entertainment. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer, And this is a convening of the Bad Mom Club. So apparently I'm a bad mom. Join the club, honey. Bad moms, bad moms. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they cry for you? Bad moms, bad moms. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they cry for you? This is Bad Moms Club on the Colleen and Bradley Show. All moms are good until proven bad through public shaming on the radio. And then they're part of the club. Yeah. Join the club. 651-641-1071. Why are you a bad mom? Do you have t-shirts? I feel like your club needs t-shirts. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually, I think we'll get there. Um, also, maybe we'll have to have some actual uh, face-to-face meetings. Or, I don't know, maybe the anonymity of calling into a radio show and just having your True. voice heard by many. You don't want to be called um, out in public. Exactly. 651-641-1071. What's making you a bad mom right now? I have two Like I have two very important things that are making me a bad mom right now. Which is what? One of them is just sort of generally speaking... My children are very, very upset with me Why? because I haven't told them what's in all the presents under the tree. Have you told them what's in any of the presents under no. the tree? No. Oh, I mean, okay. isn't that the point of opening presents? Holly, I, we had a very <laughs> lengthy conversation last night about presents and how you're not supposed to know and how patience is the hardest part, but it's going to be so worth it because when you open up the presents, they will not let it go. Do you think any of your kids have actually like, snuck in and looked at any of those presents? Oh, I've got their number. What do you mean? None of the presents that are under the tree are actually for them right now. They're for other people. Like we have other, we have like adult presents and stuff under the tree. I don't put their presents under the tree until I'm ready. So one of the traditions in our house was that you got to open a a present early, one present. Yeah, we do do one right before dinner. That's it. Oh, okay. That's as early as I'll let it happen. Listen, patience is something people need to learn and you don't learn it unless it's taught and that's what we're working on right now. Okay. Uh, But one, okay, here's my really quick, this is the real bad mom story. So the other day, I was I'd had a difficult day. It was over the weekend. My son came inside. He was looking for his lightsaber. We've got a renewed sort of love for Star Wars again of because course. of the new movie. Mm-hmm. So he was looking for his lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Couldn't find his lightsaber. He had his friend with him. I didn't quite either notice or care that his friend was there. Uh, when my I heard my son, my 11-year-old, say... I can't find it because people here love to move things and not tell me where they move them. Well, did I tell you that I'd had a really bad day? That's I did not take any prisoners. I used a stern voice when I explained to my son in front of his friend that under no uncertain circumstances, he is no longer ever allowed to say anything like that because the house 
that his stuff is in is owned by me. And that lightsaber is owned by me. And then I didn't stop there. I was like, so if I want to take it and walk it out to the garbage can, I can. And I don't have to ask you. What did he say? Um, he looked like he might want to cry, especially because oh. I think he was embarrassed because his friend was there. Yeah, but sure. am I right or am I right? I'm right. Listen, if you've got a story that makes you a bad mom, give us a call. 651-641-1071. I will, uh, I will forgive you right here on the radio. Unburden yourself. Unburden yourself. And then you can go forth and sin some more. Be a bad mom more. Is it Cayenne is on the phone? Hi. What makes you a bad mom? Are you Hello? there? Hi, there you are. Yes, yes. Um, I'm a bad mom. My old, just turned five year old son has a complicated order at your local Starbucks or Caribou, <laughs> and he he prefers Starbucks to Caribou. So like, it takes some finessing, but he'll deal with it. But um, yeah, he's got a complicated little hot chocolate order. Okay, what is it? <laughs> it's a kids hot chocolate. Um, if it's Caribou, it's milk chocolate. And it's, he only likes it 90 degrees. What? That's a thing? And that's a thing. And because the kid's temperature was just a bit too hot once. And yeah, they look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> and every single time, I'm just like, I'm sorry. And of course, I have my laundry list of like Americano, half calf, half this, half that. But yeah, my five-year-old son has a complicated coffee order. Wow. <laughs> Okay, I kind of actually can't even absolve you of that because I act, I find that to be adorable. Um, and I don't think you're a bad mom at all. I, keep up the good work. Maybe maybe entice him to add like a flavor next time. Like, I don't know, like a, like a pump of mint or something like that. Yeah, give him like one more layer. I get it. Thank you for calling. Thank you. Let's go to Cindy. Uh, Cindy, what makes you a bad mom? Well, I have three teenagers that are pretty close together, and it's been a journey to get them there in the first place. And then, uh, I don't know, every once in a while, you know, um, sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't. Um, And if it's just a long run of constant reminders, um, I kind of find myself giving up for like a month, just (laughs) letting them (laughs) do whatever they want. Yeah, like, they're old enough to cook and all that stuff. I'm like, get yourself to school. I'm not getting up. To make sure you're awake. I don't care if you eat breakfast. Dig through the cupboard. I don't care what you eat for dinner. I'm going to go upstairs when I get home from work and watch TV. Okay, Cindy, then- <laughs> they're teenagers, right? Yeah. You're my hero. Well, also, They're you just, awful. I mean, I, I feel like parents today have it way harder, like, because that's, you're basically describing my parents. When I was a teenager, I was responsible for myself when it came <laughs> right. to I'm feeding like, myself. I do everything for you, and then nobody cares or appreciates it. In fact, they, like, throw it in my face, like, why does everything have to be a lecture all the time? Because you're stupid, ah! and I'm trying to get you ready for life, and so you have to listen to me talk or make better decisions. Oh, Cindy. Okay, you're my hero. I say sink or swim. Throw them right in that pond, girlfriend. Oh yeah, they're, they're almost you. adults. You're Thank good. You. Cindy, you're not. We have had no real bad moms call in yet. Cindy, thanks. Have a great day. Um, let's just quick take this call. Well, let's take this call from Andrea real quick. Hi, Andrea. Hi. Why are you a bad mom? 
Well, my son, who got an ACT score of 35 and graduated the top three in his class, when he was five, was struggling with tying his shoelaces. Mm-hmm. And I had given up. I was done with tying his laces anymore. And I said, how do you expect to make it in kindergarten if you can't tie your shoes? Oh, and what did oh, yeah. he do? Well, he got a 80, uh, 35 on his ACT, yeah. and he is doing quite well in college now. Yeah, exactly. So I guess the shoelaces really didn't matter, but no. it was a bad mom moment. I can't forget it. Oh, Andrea, yeah. let it go. <laughs> you got to let that go. Let it fly on the breeze. You are just fine. Thanks for calling. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I have to say, not one person, not one bad mom today. No. Nobody with a legitimate story that I felt like I needed to absolve them of their bad momness. Uh, hey, why don't we take a real quick break? When we come back, let's present the eighth Chris in the 12 days of Chris's on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Lori and Julia. My friend Shannon, who listens to our show every day from Seattle. She sent 10 Juliaisms. Grippling is a word she came up with on December in December of 2012. And it's griping and crippling. <laughs> grippling. I like, I like that combo <laughs> word I made up. December 31st of 2012, she came up with Decemberary, which is December <laughs> and February. Um, Perself. <laughs> What's Perself. that one? Which is percent and help. Perself. <laughs> that was a July word. <laughs> oh, man. And the last one, Immorandum, which is when you're talking about immemorial and a Mirandum. Immorandum. That's my favorite. <laughs> he ends it with, you're on a roll. You've got other stuff on your mind. So that's very funny. Thank you, Shannon. Lori and Julia with producer Donnie Love on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. The radio home of people you would want to be stuck talking to at a party. My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Well, we have our own way of celebrating the holidays on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. We are Everything Entertainment. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That is Bradley Trainer. And we like to celebrate the 12 days of Chris's. I wanted to ask Chris to be the father of my baby. On the eighth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Chris Evans bumping iron. Chris Cuomo flexing. Chris rock a rocking. Chris Hemsworth. Chris O'Donnell. Chris Martin. Chris Upper Knight. And a hot Chris in a pine tree. Beautiful. It's another beautiful day of the 12 day of Chris's. And today, as you heard, we're celebrating Chris Evans. It's day eight. And we have a couple uh, audio clips for you that we thought you might find enjoyable. Uh, Just one of the many things that makes Chris Evans a sexy, sexy man. Here's a local connection. And Holly, these are in order. There's two clips. If you'd play the first one, here we have Chris Evans talking a little bit about Prince. Luckily, luckily, was able to. I saw him a couple times, um, and one, one time I met him. We we went to a show in L.A., a small show, and afterwards I got to go backstage and you know talk to him for a little bit. Just nice. The nicest guy in the world, the nicest guy in the world. Really sweet, very soft spoken, but just kind. You know, had no air of pretentiousness about him or anything like that. And you just walk away being like, man, Prince is awesome. <laughs> Prince is cool as hell. So that's Prince. that's actually Chris talking about Prince. And then, of course, we've got Chris Evans trying to sing a little Prince. Want to do an interpretive dance. D to the I to the A to the M. O to the N to the D to the pearls of love. I would give you the world. But 
all I can do is just offer you my D love. D to the I to the A to the M. <laughs> o to the N to the D to the pearls of love. That's it. That's I what you're totally getting. I would totally let him sing that to me. He's so adorable. He is so That's your day handsome. eight, 12 days of Chris's. You can go online to mytalk1071.com. We have an entire page of all of our Chris's. Um, and that's available to you daily uh, and we'll, up until uh, the rest of our uh, Chris's are done. And we will be uh, unveiling yet another Chris today. A it's a two first. It's a bonus Chris. Now, yesterday we uh, talked a little bit about um, Meryl Streep. There's sort of a feud happening between her and Rose McGowan. And uh, Rose McGowan w- was sort of calling Meryl Streep out for uh, wanting to ask people to dress in black at the Golden Globes as sort of a silent protest against the ways that women are being mistreated in Hollywood. Rose McGowan basically was like, hey, guess what, Meryl Streep, your silence is the problem. Meryl Streep came back and said, you know, listen, I I, 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 I never was personally victimized by Harvey Weinstein, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Bradley, you've said all along that it's it, you find it quite strange that she would not have known what was going on. So yesterday I said, I find it terribly hard to believe that she didn't know about Harvey Weinstein and all his disgustingness. Well, apparently I'm not alone. And to that end, there's a story that showed up last night in People that uh, I was reading through. And I was like, oh, okay, so I must have been on to something, or at least I'm not the only one who thinks that. In this case, it's somebody who put up posters uh, around L.A. targeting Meryl Streep, claiming she did know about Harvey Weinstein. And these individual posters, it's just a picture of... Of uh, Meryl Streep and Harvey Weinstein, and across uh, you know the top of her face, across her eyes, it simply says in uh, like a red block, "She knew." And so these have appeared throughout LA, and I will tell you that um, people, while they don't know who put up these posters, um, it it it's clear though that uh, somebody else has the opinion that. Perhaps she did know. And I I go back to what I said yesterday. I just have a very hard time believing that, although I am sure that Meryl Streep wasn't the target of Harvey Weinstein's disgusting behavior because he's not dumb. He's not going to go after somebody like Meryl Streep. And I think part of his uh, probably sickness was, you know, women that were below him in a position of power. Mm -hmm. That was what was attractive to him. So, of course, I don't think that Meryl Streep was like, you know, creeped on by Harvey Weinstein. But... In the world that they live, that is a very small world. They are mm-hmm. in a very small bubble, and I have a very... All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest-growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world, and the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. 
hard time after reading all of the things that we've read about Harvey Weinstein and all of the people who knew, even even if only to say they knew he was creepy. Right. That she didn't somehow also have those thoughts. She is trying to paint the picture that perhaps um, or she's trying to say simply that, you know, I was too important. I was too famous and he knew that and he wasn't going to come after me. Um, I, I think that's a little disingenuous. And while it's not a lie, perhaps she's not being fully truthful about uh, what she knew about Harvey Weinstein. And clearly from these photos, um, these posters that are showing up throughout L.A., uh, other people are of the same belief. Yeah, it is sort of fascinating because, like you said, we've always regarded it or we've talked about it now in in, um, in hindsight as an open secret. And so it would be really bizarre if she hadn't heard a thing at all. It's almost like she I, I, I got to wonder and you're actually better than I am at this. It's sort of um, understanding what the benefit would be to a person to behave in that way or like I I mean um, you're really good at like at like understanding people's reasons for doing what they do it's like she it's it's like what is she trying to gain by saying over and over again I didn't know I didn't know I think what she's trying to do is protect protect her image and her self-interest, I would assume, because I always assume that by the time you get to that level of power, you must protect it because there are people that are willing to take it from you. So I don't begrudge the fact that she probably thinks in her mind, um, I have gotten this far. I'm not going to let Harvey Weinstein's disgustingness take me down. Um, and so I will do what I have to do to protect myself. And I also find it very interesting that if you listen to what the words that she actually says, she really is She's like honest without being honest. So she'll say one. Let me let me just read a little bit uh, from her statement again. This is Meryl Streep. One thing can be clarified. Not everybody knew Harvey supported the work fiercely, was exasperating, but respectful with me in our working relationship, blah, blah. I didn't know about these other offenses. I did not know about his financial settlements. She like says the things that she doesn't know that are obvious and the most heinous. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't then also say, I didn't know any of this. So to me, it says she knew, but she didn't, there's nothing that would hold her responsible. So she's not going to own any of that. Well, and that's the thing. I, I I can't figure out why she won't just say, I had heard, I didn't believe or we it all or knew something he was a like creep, that. And I'm glad yeah. to see the back of him. Yeah, I guess Nobody I, thinks you're responsible for Harvey Weinstein. Right. And I think that th- she's giving herself a little too much importance in that storyline. Maybe she's thinking people do think she's responsible, which she's not. That's ridiculous, yeah. right? When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we've got some D-bags we'd like to highlight for you. Rosie O'Donnell Oof. is going to make the list today. My Talk 107.1. Everything. Snozberries. Who ever heard of a snozberry? We are the music makers. And we are the dreamers of dreams. Entertainment. Celebrities can be real D-bags sometimes, and we like to call them out on it on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer, and these are your D-bags. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Oh, God, Rosie. Rosie O'Donnell. what now? (laughs) What is she thinking? Please explain it to me. I've been trying to figure it out, but here's the story. Rosie O'Donnell offered $2 million in cash to senators willing to vote against tax reform. So she goes on Twitter, and long story short, she offers Susan Collins, 
and Jeff Flake, senators who have since voted for this tax bill that just passed. Um, but she offered them $2 million if they would change their vote. And I'm not so sure what she was thinking. Now, there's, that's not so legal. Well, yeah, I don't. I was trying to read up and, and discover like what the uh, the actual, you know, what is the law, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, um, suffice it to say, it seems a little bizarre that you would get Congress, uh, that you would get senators in this case mm-hmm. to change their vote because of a tweet offering you two million dollars. I would just like to remind you that if. If other people did this, you would think that that was shocking and uh, bribery. Okay, if she does it, it's Mm -hmm. also shocking and bribery. So I just feel like who is she drunk? Like, how did she think this was a good like regardless of what you think about? Please don't take politics into this. Even you don't need to go there. Like, I don't care where you stand on the issue. Um what was she thinking? I mean, okay, the only thing, and, and Elizabeth Reese mentioned this in the Dirt Alert, the only thing I can think uh, that she would say in her defense, and by the way, it is a weak defense, is a lot of times comedians will do something and then hide behind the fact that, not hide behind, they'll use the fact that they are comedians to excuse what they did. But even if she did that, it still is in such. It's not even just in poor taste. It's well, there's no humor in it. Not at all. She she meant it. Oh and yeah. I, I, and I will say that. Um, uh, so I, there was a piece in the New York Daily News. It says some irate with the social media post said it violates the law for bribery of a federal official. That rule says anyone who quote directly or indirectly corruptly gives offers or promises anything of value to any public official in exchange for any action such as a vote. So, like, I don't know how you don't find that to be, you know, running afoul. Um, A law professor did say, though, that um, the word corruptly is the strongest one in that rule. And, um, you know, the suggestion that she was trying to be corrupt is not, you know, that's not she would not probably run afoul of that word. Like she was not trying to corrupt anything. She was just trying to change their minds. But still, I don't know what made Rosie wake up this morning and think like, you know. Well, also, I'm going to give two million dollars. You really think that those senators are going to go? Oh, okay. I would oh, like two wait, million. I was going to vote this way, but two million dollars. Yeah, I'm sure my money constituents, talks. which whom you are not one of, Rosie, would mm-hmm. love to hear me say that I took your two million dollars to change my vote. Yeah, it just feels like she didn't think it all the way through, and perhaps oh, well, was I mean, it's, momentarily impaired. It's definitely Rosie. Uh, behavior because she seems to th- speak first and then think, um, which is really sad because uh, at the end of the day, I really love that Rosie is so passionate about the things that are important to her because I think in an age where um, bullies seem to rule the day, um, I like when people push back against bullies, but like t- t- to be a bully in return, I don't know that that really uh, is sending the message or at least a bull in a china shop in this yeah. case. Like, what were you thinking? Rosie. That to, that said, a lot of people have you know pushed back and said, well, the people who wrote that legislation were, you know, giving lots of money to the people uh, uh, voting for that legislation. So if you want to talk about bribery, you know, you have to be fair. I mean, that's a conversation yeah. for another day. I do think I really like to me that felt like an impulsive tweet that she sent out, probably as a reaction to something. Like that. Well, and like, what is she doing sitting around her house? Like, I know. Right. I'll offer them $2 million. Right. 
I got the money. I'm good for it. Mm-hmm. Come on, guys. What? What's $4 million out of your like, pocket, Rosie O'Donnell? I don't know how that's going to motivate them. Uh, speaking of business women, uh, uh, my D-bag today is Farrah Abraham. Oh, hi. She's, does she have a punch card? We should get her like a, a D-bag punch card. Oh, nice. Uh, and then just, you know, punch it every time she shows up in yeah, our D-bag her. segment. <laughs> Even better. Yeah. Okay. So I'm uh, scrolling through Twitter the other day, okay. and I see the following tweet come from Farrah Abraham. Mm. I'm going to have to explain to you who's, who these people are. So Farrah Abraham, again, just for those of you who don't know, uh, you would know her as Teen Mom, backdoor Teen Mom, if you're if you're nasty. Right. Um, and I'll have to explain to you who some of these other people in the tweet are as well, but just go with me and it'll all become clear. Farrah writes on Twitter, I'm just happy Amber stays in bed, Macy sits on the couch, Caitlin smokes weed in her car, Tyler's gay and still doesn't admit it, I travel the world and know how to run businesses, hashtag teen mom, MTV all I can say is hashtag wow. Now she's reacting to the fact that she basically was asked to walk on teen mom and those other people she mentioned are uh, also castmates on Teen Mom. Um, And she's speaking, when she talks about Caitlyn smoking weed in her car, Caitlyn is, um, Caitlyn has now twice gone to um, like a special respite place because she suffers from very severe depression. Okay. She has also been um she also has been in rehab for for abuse of drugs. This is she's a person who is struggling right now yeah. and is by all accounts doing all the things she needs to do to do to take care of herself. Yeah. And Farah says that. Tyler is Caitlin's husband. Tyler and Caitlin, they placed their daughter for adoption, their first child for adoption when they were teenagers. And they stayed together and they still are together. They're now married and they have another daughter. They have really been like, they have been such kind of a, an example to people who watch that show. Um, I don't even think I need to actually say, you don't get to say things like Tyler is gay and still doesn't admit it. On Twitter, yeah. or ever, yeah. Farah. That's nobody's business. That's not anybody. That's not even. That's none of yeah. your business. Well, let me tell you, and this is what makes it all richer. Um, Tyler has has come back to Farah and said the following in a tweet that he put out uh, yesterday. He said, "Quote: In order for her to really insult me, I would first need to value her opinion. Oh, and the shiny. lion does not dwell on the opinions of sheep." Ooh, that's. Uh, did he Google that? I don't know, but I'll like tell a you what. Response. I love Tyler, and you know he's right though, and that's what I kind of love about this. But is he gay? He does not say because well, you, you know watch why. The show. I mean, I've never seen him actually making out or having a sexual relationship oh, with a guy on. on the show. Was he mincing? Was he prancing? No. Was he singing show tunes? Never. Or decorating interiors? Nope. Okay. Nope. But you know what? It's, uh, yeah, I just, Farah Abraham. <laughs> I'm being facetious, I though, know. please. So don't, oh, you know, don't email. Email. I'm, I'm actually gay. So <laughs> I'm allowed to say that. I just, she is unhinged. Yeah. But Farrah she, Abraham is. I, I just have a special place in my heart for that tramp because 
<laughs> she is making money. She's a horrible mother. Yeah. And I'm not allowed to say that because I don't have children. But um, no, you can say that. Uh, she's a horrible mother. And um, but she's also an amazing businesswoman. And in the way, in a roundabout way, I mean, is teaching her daughter something through osmosis, right? I don't like, know. Like, how to be successful. You don't have to like it. No, I'm just I saying don't know. she's going to... I mean, that she's girl's teaching her have, daughter something. That daughter's going to have resources that most kids won't. So, if for no other reason, it's the same thing with the Kardashians. There's got to be a term for that. Can we come up with a term for, like, hate the hater and play the... What is that Don't phrase? hate the play, I hate the game. Yeah, yeah. I think that's appropriate, no? Well, yeah, I mean, okay, I do think that there's a, a name for what you're saying that we should come up with. I just, the uh, yes, she's a total business Because woman, she's not, for example. And she's teaching she, good values. She's not like. In that. She's not just a schlub who's trying to get attention by sitting on her fanny. She's actually going out and starting businesses. She hustles. Yeah, yeah. she's a hustler. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the word. Yeah. She's a hustler, baby. Who would also appear in Hustler Magazine. Yeah, she's a hustler hustler. Is that still a thing, by the way? Is Hustler Magazine a thing? Okay. I mean, I'm yeah. going to Google this. Yes, it is still a thing. Holly, how, how do you, do you know, know that? that? Because there's a giant building in Los Angeles that used to say Flint Enterprises on it. I drove well, I know that he's alive and still yeah. doing things, but really, is there a Hustler Mag? Like, can you order it? Can you order it? I don't magazine? know. I'm looking. <laughs> um, I mean, Hustler used yes. to be my. Oh, maybe we shouldn't talk about this. Um, now you're gonna have to tell me off the air. Hustler used to be your what? Well, of the adult magazines, as a young man, mm-hmm. you discover those things. There are different things in them. Okay. And Hustler was always the more enjoyable. Ah, uh-huh. meaning it equal more, opportunity. Or? Well, because there were things I wanted to look at. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Understood. Versus say. Playboy, for example. Nothing in there. Nothing on the menu. Interesting. I can't find a website for Hustler Mm, magazine. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, it must still just be a brand, but I I would find it hard to believe that there is still a, like, periodical. It does have a web. No, it has a website. Hustlermagazine.com. Yeah, but there's not, like, you can't get a subscription to Hustler. I don't think. I don't know. Like in a brown paper bag and stick it under the mattress. You know what? Let's. We're going to have to, I guess we're going to have to do some more research. If did you everybody, know, you know what we should do is a whole segment. Like where, yeah. where Let's did you hide right your now. dirty magazines? Where'd you hide your dirty magazines? Nobody needs to know science. We need to know where your dirty okay. magazines were. Six, Are you five, serious? One. Yes. <laughs> six, five, one, six, four, one, one, oh, seven, one. You know what? Where'd you hide your dirty magazines? Where'd you hide or where anything? Did your parents? Cause let's be real. When you were growing up, it was probably your parents. Uh-huh. Right? Okay. Yeah. Or, dad, or you. Let's be like, real. Any of you people. Yeah. Where'd, any, where'd you hide your dirties? Six, five, no. Where'd you hide your dirty no, magazines? Just where did you hide your dirty magazines? Six five one six four one one zero seven one. That's I guess that's what we're talking about after this on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Recently overheard on Donna and Marley. When you were hee-haw, Donna Valentine, weren't you going to concerts every Tuesday oh, night? Down pr- yeah, here. pretty much. Cowboy Saloon here. You right. I love that. Yeah. You was lassie with Donna. You guys. I'm sorry. Put me on that bull. I am a person. That's true. Give her her affirmations right now, Steve. Donna, you are are very thoughtful. See, now you're... Ew. Hey, meet me, Donna Valentine. I'll be down at Cowboy (laughs) Billy's. Peanuts are free on Tuesday nights. It's called Honky Tonk Day 
with Donna. First uh, 50, get a sticker. <laughs> <laughs> if you have no teeth, you get a free Coke. It's Mountain Dew. Of all things. Oh, Lordy. God, you guys are mean. Uh, uh, this just in. Yep. I quit. Hey, there she goes, ladies and gentlemen. She's going back to Honky Talk Town. <laughs> Bringing you everything entertainment. Donna and Marley on My Talk 1071. Laugh along. The radio home of, wow, they lasted five years. My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Uh, well, we've scrapped all of our plans to have a very important conversation with you about where you hid your pern. That's the question on the Colleen and Bradley show on MyTalk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. We are Everything yeah. Entertainment. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. This is a unique uh, nostalgia moment. I mean, it's dirty, but um, it's I love also. dirty nostalgia. It's also uh, unique because. It is no longer an issue. Right. Like for those of us of a certain age, you had no other means by which to view inappropriate imagery. And by that, I mean sexually explicit imagery as a, uh, you know, a, a person without having without having um, a, like hard copy. a hard copy. <laughs> Yes, because today it's moot. You hide it. Like, uh, imagine the number of people that would call and be like, uh, "On my computer, yeah, you just clear your cookies." Yeah, right. Um, (laughs) Let's go to the phones. Where did you hide your dirty magazines? That's the question. Uh, Is it Cassius on uh, line one? Hi, Cassius. Where did you hide your dirty magazines? Oh, hello. So I just have a short story. I'll sum it up real quick. So there's only one period in time where I had anything when I was in uh, sixth or seventh grade. So my friends and I got word that there was a random box of a Playboy that was stashed under a bridge. Oh. Like, if you've ever seen the movie uh, Stand By Me where they go looking for the body. Yes. That's kind of what we did. We went on a couple mile voyage to find this box that one of our brothers or one of my friend's brothers found. And we found it. Sure enough, someone just like abandoned a big old box of like 80s and 90s uh, Playboys in this big box under a random bridge in the forest reserve. And yeah, we, uh, we certainly got a hold of that. Did you grab any and bring them home with you, or did you just leave them right there and have your moment? No, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. I meant, did you look at them and then leave them? No, we took them with us. Of but the course. thing is that uh, on the way back, so we were middle school, so we got out. Uh, we walked past the uh, the elementary on the way back, and my, my other friend's brothers were in elementary school. And we uh, we walked past his mom, who was picking up his uh, his brother's. And we had a whole bunch of Playboys, like we stuffed them all in our backpacks. <laughs> and then she was like, oh, hey, boys, want me to take your uh, backpacks for you so you don't have to carry them home? And then we were like, oh, uh, no, we'll carry them. That's fine. And then just as a joke, she was just, she was like, uh, oh, what do, you, what, do you have a Playboy in there or something you don't want me to see? And uh, all of us, like, we probably looked, like, absolutely terrified and just like, oh, no. Yeah, it was written all over your faces. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so, for, that's, that's awesome. That is that's a great awesome, story, Cassius. Cassius. That's a great Thank story. You. And it sounds very apropos of, you know, the 80s. Like, your friend always, like, you know, like, hey, uh, I got this magazine. Do you want to take a look? And then you look at it and you're like, oh, my God, that's crazy. I just love that they went on a pilgrimage after they mm. heard a rumor that there was a box Hormones of Playboys. Hormones do things to you, especially when in, in the absence of the internet. Oh, it's a good story. You had, you had to... T- Holly and I actually talked about this while you were gone. Do you remember, Holly? About what? Where we uh, found naughty pictures as a youth. Mm. I don't Spencer's remember having... Spencer's Oh, yes. While you were gone, Colleen, 
I made the observation that I think that many young children's sexual awakenings were aided by Spencer's mm-hmm. gifts in your local mall. Because they had all those no naughty, question. dirty cards. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. I, you used to go in there just to yeah. look at the yeah. naughty cards. Because they, they came you in pretend two... like you were going in, you know, to buy a black light or something. Yeah, or to buy a weird poster with a yeah. chart of yes. all different kinds of poops on it. Yeah. <laughs> but the, t- the cards came in two varieties. It's, it's usually the beefcake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nudie thankfully. males, and yeah. then also the over-the-hill nudie cards. Yes. Yeah. So you got to see a wide variety of human bodies. Yeah. I miss Very that. I, I also remember storing a Victoria's Secret catalog in the downstairs bathroom uh, cabinet as if, like, my mom didn't... Do you know what I mean? Like, right. when you're a kid, you just have you no don't do clue. Math. Yeah, you and don't if you're asking why I was looking at the Victoria's Secret catalog, it's because they had, like, two pages with guys in boxers. <laughs> Good That's, to know. I mean, look, any port in a storm. It's true. Let's go to Lisa. Hey, Lisa, where did you hide your dirty magazine? <laughs> hey. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi. Okay, so it wasn't mine, but um, I lived in Southside, and I found my dad's stash of videos. Uh-oh. So he'd go to work, and I would charge the boys from school to come and watch it. <laughs> And I'd hide upstairs. I'd charge five bucks a video, and they'd sit in my living room and watch it while I locked myself upstairs. You are... You are an entrepreneur. I mean, genius How much and did you also make? T- also terrifying to think... Well, thankfully, you had the sense of mind to, to lock yourself upstairs. I did lock myself upstairs. That is hilarious. How much did you make on that endeavor? Oh, hundreds. She's I like, I her. went to college. Yeah. <laughs> That is awesome. Lisa, uh, are you a business owner now? Yeah, do you run a small business? <laughs> I'm in sales. There you go. Good job, Atta girl, Lisa. Lisa. I like it. Thanks for calling. That Have a great day. That is insane. That is awesome. Yeah. I like that. I, I like that remember, entrepreneurial you know, mind. When I was a kid, again, we didn't have the internet, but we had... Um, uh, rudimentary computers, right? And my friend gave me a game that you could play, and it was strip poker. But I would like to remind you of how rudimentary the graphics were on uh, old I'm computers. I'm thinking Atari style. I mean, essentially, it was Atari style, and you know, it was like, oh god, it was there was nothing sexy. But was it mildly it. thrilling? But of course, when you're that yeah. age, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> anything will do. Yeah. Let's go to Susie. Susie, you'll have the last word on this. Where'd you hide your dirty magazines? That's our ac- accidental topic on the Colleen and Bradley show. Susie? Yes. Hi, where'd you hide your dirty magazines? Well, um, I've got two little snippets to talk about. Um, they're actually involving grandparents. Oh. So when I was a little girl, maybe preteen to mid-teens, and I'd visit my grandparents, and we would go into Forest Lake shopping Grandpa would drop Grandma and I off. We would go on our merry way, and he would sit back in the car and smoke a cigar, which he wasn't supposed to do, and he had Playboys hid underneath his seat. (laughs) So he would look at Playboys, and Grandma sent me back to the car one time with a, you know, bag, and I came upon my grandfather enjoying his cigar and his magazine, which, you know... I didn't know what to say or do. I never, never ratted him out. But some years later, when he was in his 80s and he was in the hospital and dying, I didn't know what, what do I do for him? What do I give him? Um, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to buy him a Playboy. So I went out. 
I bought him a Playboy. My grandma was totally appalled. Oh, no, the nurses are going to see this. What are they going to think? And I said, you know what, Grandma? Um, whatever brings a smile to his face at this point, and he went through it and went through oh. it the last couple oh. weeks of his life. So. I hate to cut oh. you off, Susie, but I love that story. And That's thank a great you for story, Susie. Thank you so much. We'll be back after this on the Colleen and Bradley Show with What's Your Beef? on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. My Talk 1071. Everything. No more rhymes now. I mean it. Anybody want to feel it? Yeah! Entertainment.